When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, how much did you want to do this album? How much did I want to do it? Um, this much. Um, <laughs> was it this much? I mean, yeah, I was there. I did it. You know, I mean, it's it was. I was really looking forward to doing it. I mean, the, the fact it was, it was really a bit long in the making, and uh, wasn't always that great fun. But I mean, I think the actual album is really good. How hard was it to do the album? I think it was quite hard because um, we spent longer getting into it this time, didn't we? Sort of playing again because we haven't played for four years. Right. But it was fun getting our chops back together again. It usually it? takes like two, ten days, two weeks to cut sort of get back into it and it took right. about a month didn't it really this time that was the only thing it just took well for to you to sort of get over the novelty of the clubs and things and finally get down to the studio it took about a month yeah <laughs> comes in right yeah. strums out his tune yeah? yeah and I said that's the number one record <laughs> listen I um, I promise you that those of us in this room like each other a lot more <laughs> than that version of the Rolling Stones being interviewed by somebody uh, on the BBC in 1986 mm, during, BBC. during yeah. the very 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 sad promotional tour <laughs> very limited the only tour they did for this album yeah. The yeah. How, do, how much do I like it this this much this much <laughs> this match. Yeah. By the way, just for you stoppies out there, Mick Jagger was bringing his hands apart to show how much he he liked making the record. But it was not the full length that he could with his arms. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't his full wingspan. Yeah. No. We know he has quite a mouth span. You like this album? A lifespan. Roughly two and a half to three feet. <laughs> this much to this much <laughs> difference yeah. in his answer. All right. So, Stoppies, it's, uh, it's time for us to take on another hero, the Rolling Stones. We're not having enough fun soliciting those one-star ratings. We want to piss off every dad... In Massachusetts and beyond, uh, by by making fun. Of, actually, I did. Uh, my dad was upset <laughs> about what the tool episode. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my dad had some, uh, you know, had some things to say. 
He's, he's a fan of, of Tool. I'm sure huh. he didn't listen to the episode. I was like, maybe you should try listening to all the funny things that we said. Yeah. People think that we're funny. We got, a, we got a message from somebody in Pennsylvania who was, who was quoting the episode. Yeah. Shouts out to you, ill-omened yeah, 666. Shout out to all my Pennsylvania stoppies, you. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> shut up. That's offensive. We lost him. We lost him. There, <laughs> goes, like, there it goes. I'll take you the wah-wah. All right, enough. Get I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, no, ill-omened. This, this Actually, album is broken, Mike. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. What's uh, Who are we? What's the name of the show? Where are, where are we? I love it this much. You're listening to Make It Stop. Bad music. Good times? How do you say that? British British. Good times. Good times. Good, good times. Good times. Yeah, there you go. Good times. See, that's horrible. We're it's just, terrible. I'm you don't offending get, everybody. You don't want to get the one-star reviews from our UK fans. Oh. Yeah. Our UK fans who love the Lulu episode. I've, I've been looking at the Geo <laughs> data. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have been digging into the data, Mike. Give us a nice data, data report. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Data contingency. Here's <laughs> a data report. <laughs> Dude. Our little Dicky episode is extremely popular in India. Yeah, what is up? Indian stobbies. Um, they only listen to that one episode, but they uh, in <laughs> India, but they listen to it a lot. Maybe that's the only way to get little Dicky's music over there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like never licensed it out to India. Um, shout what? out Massachusetts, California, New York. You guys comprise Thank the vast so majority of our Thank listenership. You. Thank you. But uh, you know, you're all out there. We appreciate there. you across the globe. Yeah, we love the fact that the Chris Gaines episode is so popular. We got to say thank you to Childish Gambino for uh, putting putting us over on that one. We did well get done. a bump. We got a Childish Gambino bump. <laughs> we yeah, we're grateful for that. And uh, yeah, what's the other one that's really uh, popular? Oh, I mean, above all else, it's Chris Gaines, Lulu, and Little Dicky. Those love are it. the top three. Wow. A, a holy trinity. Of all time. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to them, uh, you're missing out. Those are the ones yeah, that everyone listen. is loving. Yeah, the stoppies are well. And, and yes, and we wanted to celebrate because uh, we're late in doing this and we didn't do it on any other of our other episodes that are going to come out before this. But uh, thank you for getting us to over 10,000 downloads, yeah. precious stoppies. Ooh. And climbing, and rapidly cl- and climbing. climbing. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. thank you. All right, so we should probably. Uh, by the introduce... way, my name is Mike Dunn. Oh, hello, and my name is Heather Mack, and we host the show, and we're doing a great job at it. We're a little out of practice. We got, you know, it took, it took us, us about a month. It took us about a month, it took us about a month to a introduce month. our guest. So we want to uh, welcome our wonderful guest, preeminent wrestling, pro wrestling, and uh, Rolling Stone scholar of the uh, Boston area, Jared Palapal has been performing stand-up comedy for over half a decade. That's a long time, folks. Drawing from life stories and a mischievous perspective, Jared connects with audiences through an absurd and hilarious madness that his suits and ties cannot contain. Let it be known that he is, in fact, wearing a Harvard sweatshirt <laughs> with the Unabomber <laughs> screen-printed onto it. Uh, so the suit, sh- suit and tie was left at home for us, and that's appropriate. Shout-out to uh, Malin Pavletic for uh, designing this sweatshirt that I wear all the time. Wow. <laughs> and you also came in correct with the Boston sports uh, representation yes. for the Boston Celtics. The only sport I watch. Absolutely. Well, that isn't wrestling. I was, I was about to say. He has been playing all over the country and has been featured on NPR's Stories on Stage, the Geek Down podcast, and host the Wrestle Down podcast. 
And that's amazing because we're all super mega wrestling nerds, but not as much as you because we haven't dedicated a podcast to it. So Jared Plevel is here. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing great. Tell us about your wrestling podcast real quick. I want to make sure that all of our honest and faithful stoppies know. uh, Do you talk about the Rolling Stones? Do you talk about music in the context of wrestling? No, but (laughs) that's not a bad idea. Our (laughs) podcast does not have much of a gimmick. It's just two guys that we've been friends with. Funny for a wrestling podcast. Podcast, so yeah, I know, right? Same. Just me and my friend from uh, college. We've been friends for like uh, 15 years now, or something like that. So we've just we've just got a good banter. Uh, we just talk about whatever wrestling we've watched and whatever is coming up and worth uh, you know checking out. Uh, I try to focus on. Well, I focus my energy on like international stuff, and he's cool. very much into keeping up with WWE and everything. So you know, we got a good balance, and uh, we're on the Geek Down Network Beautiful. with the. the same uh, RSS feed as the Geek Down podcast. Cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, love that podcast network flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And that air of legitimacy to us. Yes. Please, God. <laughs> Networked up. Oh, there's no legitimacy. I recorded it in my <laughs> studio bedroom. But, uh, my uh, studio apartment. Listen. Um, <laughs> this studio, we're in is, it's an illusion. Yeah, yes. this is all a fantasy. So you are also a, a massive Rolling Stones Indeed, fan. Indeed, I am, yeah. So tell us about that. What, what do you love most about the Stones, man? I, I think I love them because... Uh, one, they've got so much music that they've, you can dig into from like, what's it, 40, 50, about 60 years or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. And uh, also, they're also deeply problematic. Uh, which Wait, brown sugar is yeah. problematic? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I didn't truly realize what that song was until somebody sang it at karaoke, and then there was no hiding. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, right? songs like my, like my mother, a little racist, but I love it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, because like, I, like I like to think about music more than I do just like enjoy it for in a way you know yeah like they're just same they make so many (laughs) weird dumb detours and so many odd sounds in what they do and so many things that have not aged well or whatever that like just trying to parse it through like my own lens is just interesting to me yeah and they're you know from just singing about like 13 year old girls or whatever in 1968 is just you know that was the style though yeah that's just what they it's what they were all doing Yeah, it Who is Who they bad. were all doing. Yeah. <laughs> We've discussed this before. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's a you common gotta, topic. I, I saw you did a Bowie episode. Oh, we, oh, we sure did. did. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. certain things you got to overlook if you want to enjoy any rock yeah. music made before like 2005. Yeah, <laughs> let's say like 2004 or five. Yeah. I mean, even then, Jesse Lacey. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no. There's there's a whole bunch of people. I mean, a, a good percentage of the stuff that we've discussed on this yes. uh, on this podcast yeah. is uh, deeply, deeply problematic, and that's what kind of makes it fun. Yeah. And and actually, I mean, I'm I'm very excited. It sounds like you, it sounds like you've really thought these things over. And I'm going to yeah. tell you that I am like not. I don't know. Like the Rolling Stones, I feel like I've I appreciate their mm. like you know their place in rock and roll history. I like recognize them. As, you like, never dug in deep on any Stones albums. I know. I, like I didn't. Yeah. yeah, and I I don't know why. Is I think this it was the first Stones album you've listened to all the way through. Probably that's wow. kind of embarrassing. Wow. That's kind of fucked <laughs> up. Like I I I don't know. For no some reason, my like parents <laughs> my parents had this weird thing 
where they were like not Beatles and not Stones. Uh, they liked the Kinks. Like they were like into wow. the Kinks, and that well, was that was cool their. They were cool. Dude. No, honestly, yeah. and so I grew up. I know a lot about the Kinks, and I understand again that the Beatles and the Rolling Stones plays in history. But I haven't listened. I haven't it's listened just to even weird a full to be like. To, I'm a fucking music critic. What the uh, fuck is wrong with me? It's weird to like be like fuck the Rolling Stones, but the Kink like the Kink. <laughs> there's there's so there's not that many no, degrees not of like separation. Fuck the Rolling Stones. It was just like we were a Kinks family. We were a Kinks oh, family. We were a Kinks Your family, family of Kinks. Yeah, yeah. When did you get into the Rolling Stones? And Ooh, like, I was probably like high school ish, and then like I. I would just like save up my money for my part-time job and just buy. What was CDs. your part-time job in high school? I feel in like it school? says a lot about people. Uh, I used to bag groceries. Yeah. Yeah, at Red Roach Brothers. It's interesting because, like, I was like, okay, I need to get the Nelly album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you I was, I was. <laughs> you know what it is? I was like, I would always get into an artist and then go back into like their influences. So <sighs> I'm thinking that my like lineology would have been getting into Black Crows. Okay. Because they were a little bit more modern right, than Stones. Right. And then getting into the Stones because of that. And then finding like 70 or so albums to, you know, dig into. See, that's so cool. Yeah. You were like a true music critic. <laughs> I was just like, I like this because it's loud. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel now because there's so much to stream. I, why would I, right. you know, do more than think, yeah, this is good. It's got, uh, it kept me interested for 30 seconds. Cool. Did you listen to Dirty Work in your youth? Were you, was this something that you explored? and experienced and what was your thought on that uh then it was just like so for me like if i if someone's like one of these great like quote-unquote great artists with like a bunch of music like like bob dylan or whatever at some point i get tired of the stuff that's like everyone is already into so i just get into the bad stuff gotta dig deep interesting yeah so like i'll listen at this point i probably listen to like Bob Dylan's Christian shit more than <gasps> that's another that's a future episode yeah. for sure it's saved yeah right oh yeah definitely I listen to that future stuff episode. way more than like his 60s prime really yeah you know but, what I will, I will say about Bob Dylan yeah. is that uh, everyone shits on self uh, self portrait for some reason yeah but there's some bangers on yeah. self portrait the bootleg series they did of that with all the outtakes is amazing yeah he like just didn't know what he was doing at the time I guess <laughs> or he knew that and he didn't want to do good I don't know but yeah, that's how I feel about Dirty Work. It's just like an, an interesting little detour that they did uh, at the probably well, peak of hating them each other. Yeah, well, it was kind of the detour that almost broke the band up. Yeah. I mean, that's what kind of makes it so interesting in like the you know the the lore of this band and mm. and honestly of rock and roll because you know you you can't deny that the you know the Rolling Stones were were you know foundational in what modern rock and roll yeah. is. You what, know, what's your favorite Stones album? Yeah, good uh, question. Let it bleed. Let it bleed, yeah. classic. Yeah, let it bleed is probably my favorite. I okay. like uh, I like a little beggar's banquet. Yeah, I think. That one's really good. Yeah, there are times when I like that one too, just because it's so folky. I, yeah. I got I feel like I got in the Rolling Stones a little a little piecemeal. Where like because I was I saw um, Full Metal Jacket when I was in freshman year, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> I love Paint It Black now. Yeah, I mean uh, that's a great song. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then I I think my dad had Sticky Fingers, so I started listening mm. to Sticky Fingers. Yep. And then after that, after Shout high out to school. Paul Dunn. Every few years, I would be like, oh, I'll listen to this Rolling Stones album I never listened to and then, like, get into it for a couple weeks. But yeah. I, there's still some that I never even bothered with. Like, yeah. I, They're pretty prolific. I only, How many albums do they have? It's like a shitload. Yeah, it's like not – I mean, they've slowed down a ton now, so, right. you know. But it's it, it was a lot. Like, back in the 60s, they just record, you know, 30 songs and put out 
10 albums out of that. Yeah, and I mean, those those songs, I mean, those albums, like, in sequence were, like, some of the most important albums of, like, so, of yeah. American music, right? Like, of all time. Yeah. And then, kind of, they hit the wall, and <laughs> then Mick wanted to go solo. Yeah. yeah. And he was trying to go, you know, and... He tried real hard. Uh, yeah. So he put out an album around the same time as this album was being, you know, conceived and produced called She's the Boss. Did you ever listen to She's the Boss? I've heard it, yes. Is uh, it very bad? It's pretty bad. All, all, like what, Mick has like four solo albums and three of them are pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that seems reasonable. That tracks. Yes, yeah, absolutely. He like was putting all of his eggs in that basket. He was like, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big deal. I'm a massive rock star. I'm a sex symbol. I'm, you know, and I'm also kind of trying to reclaim that, like, yeah. that kind of identity of, you know, being a sex symbol and being such a rock star when you're, when you're competing with, like, Prince, yeah. you know? And because and, that's, that's what it was. Like, 1986 was, you know, a big year in music, a, a big year in culture, but especially because it was, like, starting to be the end of the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. the, the party's starting to wrap up. It's, yeah. it's, like, a, it's like a time of rap reckoning of like uh all the excess and like cheesiness and like shamelessness of yeah. the 80s are starting to come home to roost everybody in the, who was big in the 70s by 86 is just like i don't know what this What's is anymore on? like you, the was landscape when, was changing drastically you know like i just feel like english like post-punk yeah. influence seeped into everything else so deeply by the mid 80s that like bands like the Rolling Stones, who traditionally played like rootsy sort of blues music, are getting left behind by these new sounds. And some right. bands adapted, and you know, with terrible results. Yeah, yeah like that's uh, the thing. Like, what was good during this time? But, well, I mean, like <laughs> XTC, yeah. Prince, Talking right. Heads, Talking Heads, Prince, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was also the same year as Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Sledgehammer music video and Only Al Capone's a... vault. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Kate, kind of the Al Kate Capone's Bush. vault yeah. of uh, of music. Yes. <laughs> of this is a year after Hounds of Love. You know, like yeah. there's some good shit going on. Rolling Stones, I think, I don't think from the way this album sounds, it doesn't sound like they really tried that hard to adapt. Yeah. They kind of dug their heels in to the blues rock, but in like a manner where. I don't know. It just it sounds so clear to me how deeply they did not give a shit. Yeah. yeah. It definitely has that 80s production. Yeah. Like if, right. Every instrument has like 30 layers of echo behind it. Yeah. Well, it, it's, sounds... it was produced by Steve Lillywhite. Yes. Yeah. Who did, uh, he did uh, Drums and Wires by XTC. Mm-hmm. He did Boy by U2. Oh, wow. Uh, he did, um, oh, he invented Gated Reverb for oh, yeah. fucking uh, the. Wow. Like, yep. that was Steve wow. Lillywhite. Steve Lillywhite was, like, a pioneering producer. And I was actually shocked to see that he produced that this album. Yeah. Because this album sounds like shit. <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it's so scooped out. It's There's really no weird. mids in the whole album. No. It's just very bright, trebly. <laughs> it's like, and, this album literally gave me a headache. <laughs> and built around vocals that sound literally like Mick Jagger is already down the stairs and out yeah. the door. Like, it's he so- sounds like he is not participating. The whole <laughs> album sounds like he was recording his uh, solo album in a studio 
and then the band was just waiting in a hallway outside that studio. Yes. And they would just, like, take whatever he was yelling at them on the way in and out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because he wouldn't even show up. So this is yeah. the production of this uh, of this was very uh, difficult because he was not showing up. Mm. Um, the drummer, what's the drummer's name uh, again? Charlie Charlie Watts, Charlie Watts yeah. was... Uh, very much on heroin. Yeah. 100%. And you can hear it. You yeah. can, you can really... hear those heroin. Well, you can't tell. It's either, like, heroin drums or clearly replaced by a session musician drums. Yeah. Anytime he goes for a drum roll, it's like you're watching a child's recital. <laughs> yeah. You're like politely clapping and you're like, please get me out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. And then all you can hear the whole, like above all, the main sound in this album is just the fucking snare. <laughs> yeah. A very aggressive snare. He's basically just keeping time. And yeah. like a way, way, like... I don't I don't know. The vocal stylings on this album are really interesting. <laughs> I'm glad I was like going for like a nuanced commentary and then you just did that and that's correct. Yeah, like that's actually the correct commentary. And that's also, what it sounds like. He also went like five feet away from the mic, yeah, which is probably accurate. Necessary. How yep. it was done. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it was necessary good. to save the stoppies ears. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's Jagger is just he's not really singing any notes. No. I know the guy can sing. I've heard him. Yeah, I've heard him croon beautifully on uh, you know like a wild horses yeah. or uh, and every album after this sounds perfect. This one, he's just he's barking. Well, like what is he, he doing? Barks. He's yeah, just so barking. He's just he's just like upset that he's being forced to be in like to <laughs> to be involved in this. And he, is that like the motivation behind it, or is he trying to do like a I think that's saucy what... little dangerous? I don't think he's doing saucy and dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. I think Mick can do saucy and dangerous. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like not like in his sleep, really. Um, it, it literally does sound phoned in. Like the sound yeah. quality is that they took they ripped it from a you know yeah. uh, an uh, a, one of those actual corded stuck to the wall phones, like yeah. an answering machine message. <laughs> he was like, oh, I think over under on vocal takes is like one and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he like was... if he messed up a lyric, but there aren't really lyrics to this album. I yeah, there are there. Key points before we get on into this. Well, as I mentioned, like a little bit cheekily earlier on, they did not tour in support of this album. Yeah, uh, this right. Is, I, one of the maybe one of the only albums they didn't tour in support right. of. And Keith Richards really wanted to. He was like very upset and felt very slighted by Mick Jagger for refusing right. kind of to tour for this. Well, Keith. Has two songs where he does uh, lead vocals on this album. Yeah, yeah. Actually... including the creepiest song I might have ever heard on this show. So, which we'll definitely talk about yeah. soon. Oh yeah, and um, didn't somebody die during the making of this album? Wasn't uh, like a key Ian Stewart. He's not. Yeah, yeah he's kind of a. It's like the honorary ex sixth member of the band who like was still like uh like took on like a producer role for them sort of right yeah he was like a keyboardist who you know occasionally played with them basically yeah no um, one has cool. so so he so, died <laughs> so <laughs> far no one has as an official member of the Stones has died while being an official member of the Stones all right well speaking of uh, guys who <laughs> fucked with fourteen year olds uh, this first track features Jimmy Page on lead guitar <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a segue. <laughs> this is uh, one hit to, to the, the body. body. Okay, yeah. yes. You want to sit for the dark. You want to kiss your mouth, breath the whole way. One little light of the stars. It is it's one hit to the body. I'm straight from the heart. They got no love, but one hit to the body. 
<laughs> All right. Well, this is, I guess, why they're legendary, huh? Because yeah. even like their worst album, yeah. by everybody's standards, this opening track and lead single is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't think Mick singing more than one note uh, the whole time. One note <laughs> of a song, it's fine. You're still gonna go by my shit. Uh, yeah, the song's good. I, I really have no complaints about it. It's got a great guitar solo. I think Jimmy Page plays the guitar yeah. solo. Yeah, Great um, riff. I think probably... The end. Am I right that it's the studio drummer who plays on this song and not Charlie so. Watts? Gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, the drumming sounds so very different from uh, Watson. Well, it sounds very '80s, like echoey drum yeah. machine. Good, so it's definitely like not him. Yeah, you know, definitely. It has that, yeah, that synthetic '80s feel. Yeah, it's the closest they come to capturing the old magic. Yeah, I kind of like their like cacophonous, like a prayer, like chorus yeah. line vocals towards you know the. Mm-hmm. Right. the Straight to the hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think on a definitely on a few sh- songs that like. That effect is not as well received and is very like Return of Bruno, but in this case, um, I think it works. Yeah, I, I will say like I think you know I think the song could have been better. I think it's a really good composition, but there's this there's just this overarching sort of feel to this album where it seems it's it just it sounds a little dashed off and it sounds sometimes more like a hungover band practice than like right. an actual yeah. you know fully fleshed out album but that's the thing is when you're like an amazing band your hungover band practice like still sounds good and i think this is an example of that yeah, yeah. you know it's it's definitely i would not call this i think honestly this might be the best song that we've listened to on the show <laughs> Better this than and glamorous, glamorous. By this, i know yeah. i was literally about to say like it's this and glamorous like those are the two best songs that we've listened to on the show um i've liked uh, quite a few songs we've listened to on the yeah. show i don't know if i'd say this is the best but this is definitely the it's best good. song on well also on for Dirty me Work. i was yeah right for sure and also i was like very surprised by it cuz i didn't know this song at all and i was yeah. like you know like you said like underrated like yeah. I don't think anybody would have ever played this on the radio. Yeah. I don't know? think if since they didn't tour behind this, they probably have never played the song live either. So it's right. like yeah. just yeah, they've gone. They've they don't. Uh, I don't think they play anything from this album when they play live. They have. Uh, they, there's one song that they do. Maybe we'll get to it, or if you want me to say it now, uh, Harlem Harlem Shuffle gets. They still played. play Harlem Shuffle. They play that live. Yeah. yeah it's probably because it's the only like the pace that they can yeah. keep on this <laughs> <laughs> on these tours these yeah. days. They're ancient. Yes. They're old ass men. Yeah. Their first album came out when? 1963. Oh my lord. Yeah. That is a fucking long time ago, Stoppies. I don't know if you're doing the math. I'm trying to. Um, yeah, 56 years ago. That is a fucking long time. Your yeah, entire man. life is in the spotlight making rock music for yeah. us. So th- thank you for your service. Right. And thank yeah. you for the well, song. Keith Richards said in that clip from the, the top of the episode, if we keep that part in, but he was talking about remembering when rock and roll first, like, before rock and roll existed. I remember Henry Rollins was talking about this. I listened to Henry Rollins' podcast, Henry and Heidi, and uh, he was talking about, he did an episode about Lemmy, about hanging out with Mm -hmm. Lemmy. And Lemmy was telling him, like, he was talking about how his mind was blown with Lemmy talking about, yeah, I remember when rock and roll didn't exist. <laughs> you know, I, I, saw, I saw the Beatles at the Cavern Club. They were really good. <laughs> you know, like... It's just it's mind blowing when you think about these old these old rock guys and yeah. like the the life they've lived. They've seen everything. They've seen everything for better or worse. Right. I think yeah. um I think this is a good one to you know keep short and sweet. Yeah, because yeah. we, we all, all like it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's pretty much the highlight. 
really. One hit to the body. Ugh. It he does sound like a like a wrestler that's being pinned <laughs> the whole time. This whole album, actually, it's that same kind of <laughs> yeah. neck strain yeah, delivery. Very eighties coked out promo sort of thing. Right. Yeah, which we love. We love a good eighties coked out promo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the crowd. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's play the next one. Yeah, so this, this one's is called Fight. Fight. That's not how you say fight. <laughs> it's not how that word works. <laughs> I know your mouth is like comically large, but yeah. it's just like anything but the consonant. Yeah. This song, Why? the song lyrically is like a blood for blood song. Yeah. Like it is straight up, <laughs> straight up beat down hardcore. Yeah. Lyrics are gonna pulp you to a mass of bruises because that's what you're looking for. Wow. There's a hole where your nose used to be. Going to kick you out of my door. Like, I can. Gotta get into a fight. Can't get out of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he talks, he says, I'm the suicide in that clip, I think. Yeah, man. This shit is, this is some. What? Dude, everyone fucking open up the pit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's like Show some... how you do it in Brockton. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like some lazy blue-eyed blues. Like it's yeah. not even close to anything that you would have a fight to. No. Who's having yeah. a fight to this? Compositionally, this song is three chords. It is... <laughs> <laughs> Over and over. It sounds like Dire Straits, sung by John Fogarty. (laughs) Yeah, sure, I hear that. Yeah, Yeah, okay, that works. (laughs) I mean, it it does. He's doing the Bad Moon Rising, like the the affected growl. But it's like, got to get it into a fight. Who is he so mad at? Is it Keith Richards? I think it's everyone in the band. I think he's just like, why am I here? Did he even write any of these songs? Like, he only wrote like two songs in the album, right? Uh, This one is credited to Richards Jagger, so. Okay. Oh, the classic pair. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like a punk band could make this good if they, like, sped it up twice as much and just, like, blasted it out in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah and yeah. cut just, out a verse or two. I'm just, like, not convinced, though. Like, no. I'm convinced that he, like, is mad at his, uh, you know, bandmates from, like, the seething disgust that is evident in the clip that we played at the beginning of the show and the fact that his actions, you know, spoke louder than words where he was going off and, you know, filming videos and doing promos for his solo album and clearly didn't want to be there. But in this case, it just feels, it feels so canned and, like... Uh, cheesy. Yeah, it feels like they like they were trying to ape some like punk style of some kind, and then like were is that what they were trying? I don't to know. Do? I wonder about that. Is this are they trying to be punk here? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, they try to be reggae later on, so I don't know yeah. what the fuck they're yeah. thinking. And that is <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Stuff is hits bad. Yeah. <laughs> don't let fucking Mick Jagger near a patois. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that, no, that was Keith. Oh, Keith Keith. On, the, uh, on the leads on that one. All right. Well, but yeah, uh, yeah. Jagger's doing the thing he does on every song, which is not really sing and just kind of growl and bark. Just He's a dog. He's a dog. I wanna, yeah. I and I guess it would work if there was like more of a consistent theme to this album, like that no, was like yeah. really telling a story, but like like dirty work. First of all, what is what does that mean? Do we even talk? We didn't even talk about the fucking cover. 
<laughs> oh my God, we have to talk about the cover yeah. of this album. Like, it looks like a, a United Colors of Benetton ad. It's, the- <laughs> it's shocking. Everybody's like, like Mick Jagger is as far out of the frame as he could possibly be <laughs> while still technically being part of this photo. Yeah. And it was apparently like the first photo that they were all seated for where all of them were on the cover mm-hmm. at the same time since um, her, her Satanic Majesty's request, wow. right? Um, yeah, Annie true. Leibovitz uh, took the photo. Um, um, but they they're all wearing these like bright pantsuits and like have their legs at jutting <laughs> angles. On a, Why are they jazzercising on, on the, like a giant green sofa? Yeah, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> what is the theme? What is the concept? And Everybody then, being also, deeply uncomfortable with each other look, and like wanting to be somewhere else. If you look closely, like Charlie Watts is asleep yeah. on the album cover. Like he, he is, is asleep. Oh my god, he's yeah. he's nodding off. He is yep. not off and Holy that's the best shit. picture they yeah. can get. Yeah. Right. It just shows you the condition the band was in at this time. Yeah, they're all they're all messed up. Like Charlie it's a looks mess. like like if this was 30 years later, it looks like he's on a phone, but he is definitely sleeping in that picture. He yeah. is. Bill Wyman looks pretty miserable too. He's got a he's got a sour puss on. Yeah. Uh, but they're all wearing hot pink. Yeah. Uh, like, except for except for Mick, except, who's wearing yeah. bright yellow and orange, of yeah. course, and then and then Charlie, who's passed out, wearing blue. He probably just woke up in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty gaudy. It's pretty. It's very eighties. So again, yeah. there's like it, it's confusing because it doesn't seem like, there's no like thematic undercurrent to like tie anything together. So yeah. it's like you can't give like at least at least if they were doing something ambitiously like terrible, like you know like Kisses music from the Elder or something where they were doing like a concept album and like we're making a commentary on like the shamelessness and emptiness of the eighties and how you know because there's a few songs that kind of hint to that. But I don't think I don't think that the, the Rolling Stones really do concept albums ever. Not really, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at best, like side A will be heavy stuff, and side B will be ballads. That's yeah. about as deep as they go. I think the problem the problem with this one isn't. I don't know if it needs a concept, but I need, think it needs a little more variety. Because yeah. we're gonna go through the album, and you're gonna hear. Well, what's a fight with no stakes? <laughs> true. Yeah, that's you true. know. I'm just saying, I think if they had some, or like leaned into the conflict in the band or something, I don't know. But it is fun to kind of read that as a hidden... I just Yeah, 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 no, they were definitely phoning it in, for sure. Yeah. Um, Speaking of phoning it in, should we go on to the next song? What's this one? (laughs) Oh, this is the Harlem Shuffle. Okay, (laughs) this this is is confounding. Uh, This is a cover of the the Bob and Earl uh, classic, which uh, is a million times better than this one. Yeah. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's the song that starts with that fanfare that they sampled for Jump Around. The This one's like pretty good. What? Not really because of anything the Rolling Stones did. It's just a good song. Yeah, they, they have a, a it's good. It's cheesy as fuck. 
What? Did you guys see the music video? Yes, yes. that's what I'm referencing. <laughs> and right. they're on like a closed like film set, like imitating what a jazz club might be. Yeah, so it's yeah. directed by Ralph Bakshi, animated by John Kay, who did Ren and Stimpy. I see. Yeah, there was some, um, you know, slightly problematic uh, well, cartoon imagery. Has Ralph Bakshi ever done anything that's not racist? No, no, no. He has <laughs> not. Cool World and Heavy Traffic. What a what a movie. Heavy traffic. I mean, um, it's, it's good, but it's it's racist as hell. It's good, but it's racist. It's true. Um. So yeah. So basically, the music video is like it's all these cartoon cats. One of them transforms into Jagger. Um. And it's this like voluptuous, caricaturized, animated black woman who transforms into yeah. a live action black woman. And it's the Rolling yeah. Stones at this club surrounded by black people in zoot suits. Doing a cover yeah. of a you know black R and B song, and an anemic Mick Jagger like limply shaking his tail feather is like that's kind of peak white mediocrity, is what I'm gonna like, say. It's like a birth of a nation for like uh, <laughs> <laughs> cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird, appropriate vibe. Yeah. It's offensive yeah. on many levels, yeah. right? Because it was like it it was an art. It was originally a song produced by an African American artist. It's like offensive in that way because it's like you take this uh, song that wasn't yours to begin with and don't improve and upon don't it improve in any upon way. it. No. Yeah, you only use it as like a a mechanism for. I don't know, just like lazily being like, well, we need another song in the album. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just let Mick get up there with his tiny little yeah. fucking pancake ass and, you know. We need, <laughs> we need another song that'll fit on the radio, kind right. of. Like one that will play because it has a chorus and isn't just Mick yelling fight at you for 30 minutes. Yeah. Right. And this was the lead single off the album. And it was the first. I thought it was one hit. That was, I think, the second single. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is the first time their lead single from an album was a cover since 1965. Um, I mean, so this was their best foot to put forward, and it wasn't even their song. And, yeah. and it's a terrible foot. Put that foot away. Yeah. <laughs> Sit that foot down. And well, I hate to keep dogging on the guy, but Charlie Watts looks like he was about <laughs> to pass out in that music video. Because he is. Yeah. He had the good sense to be like, nah, I, I gotta fucking go. It's offensive as a cartoon. It's offensive <laughs> as a concept. It's the execution is offensive. I just don't care. It's like, it, just because like some white guys can barely passably imitate like something and add cartoons, like I don't think that uh, that's okay. Oh, I that's wanna, not okay. Well, to be fair, Rolling Stones' whole career was built on the backs of yeah, well, all of music. Yeah. I mean, Musicians, all of rock and roll. Right? Yeah. Can yeah. be. But the, the Stones kind of specifically. Stones especially. And, yeah. and Led Zeppelin. Our yeah, right. pal. All, all the British blues <laughs> You know, Stones, Led Zeppelin, early Fleetwood Mac, Yardbirds, Cream. Yeah. Yep. Well, the key word is blues, right? Yeah. Where did that come from? Shout out to Sister Rosetta Tharp. It also changed the world. You know, it's 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 complicated. It's a complicated thing. Right. I feel yeah. like. You know right. I mean? But this song is not complicated. No. That's what I'm going to say. Is that you're simple. right? I think I think we can rightfully critique and also appreciate uh, the Rolling Stones and recognize their complex function in in rock and roll and history in general That's but what I do this is, right but this is just not the one this no, is not yeah. the thing it's really not no the worst thing is that like if anything shows up on like a compilation or like I said if they play something live from Dirty Work it's this song and you yeah. would rather have it be one hit yeah. right it's gonna yeah, be one sure. hit yeah I think it's because like by this point they've kind of figured out their singles like it's right. there's a blueprint that they can follow and one hit fits in that blueprint but this one doesn't 
So it's like, oh, they were still kind of diverse towards the end there. That's great. It's not a great cover. At least but hey, it's still, it depicts an interracial relationship. <laughs> in it's, their, uh... it's not the best cover. It's not good. But it's still, for me, probably the second best song on the album. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I was, I was very upset by this. <laughs> Um, but I didn't have a lot of other favorites now that you yeah. mentioned it. So. Okay, should we move on yeah, to so. the next one? What's the next one? Hold, uh, back. hold back. He sounds like he's at the dentist, like with his fucking lips pulled apart, just like I don't know what's happening. What's going on? Why is he? Why is he saying the whole song from a garage down the street? Well, I I can I could hear him down the block. Yeah, get this man a lozenge. Christ. Just looking at these lyrics, he's absolutely making them up on the spot, too. You think so? Yeah. I mean... What's he got? You look in your history books, you delve in the past. Stalin and Roosevelt both took their chances. (laughs) George wrapped the nettle. It's do or dare from the banks of Delaware. That's a random... Yeah, that's a random... Uh, verse in here. Oh, wow. He's giving you a little uh, hardcore history here. Uh, Yeah. Apparently. Don't matter if if you ain't so good looking, if you ain't sharp as a blade... Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. I don't know how that links to anything. Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> like, I guess it's like a who dares wins kind of like, uh, you know, the yeah. the strong men of history and their, their will to whatever. Yeah, is he singing to himself in the mirror? Is he like, is this like the equivalent of like slapping like, like himself in the a, face right before like the big game? You like know that, what I mean? Yeah. Like that he's SNL trying to, sketch with him and Jimmy Fallon. Is he trying to get a boner? Is that, <laughs> like, uh, what's happening? It's pre-Viagra by like. 20 years. Yeah, like, don't hold back. You got this. Ooh, big game. Oh, yeah, this is just him psyching himself up when he's got coke dicks. This is right around the same time as Dancing Dancing in the Streets. streets. Yeah, Yeah. Right, which we talked about on an earlier episode when we did our worst of David Bowie. We decided um, it was the worst David Bowie song ever. It was, um, but Mick Jagger certainly helped, so we can't take away. uh, We can't. (laughs) Let's not undersell his contributions to that It was atrocious. I think he was wearing the same shirt that he is on the cover of this this album. But like, (laughs) he's singing in the same style, if I recall. Exactly. Well, yeah. and it's the same kind of like phoned in, like we can do literally anything. And the fact Tokyo, <laughs> Los Angeles. I mean, that's the thing is that he could do anything, and and that's like this is this uh, album is a realization of that power. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I am interested. I do think it's interesting that you had mentioned that it, maybe he's trying to be punk on this album because I think maybe there's something to that. Maybe. Maybe. You know. Maybe uh, it's just like the most energetic, youthful sound like near them. And they were just like, let's try that. Yeah. Yeah, because that's dead. the thing is they're kind yeah, of, I know, true. right, right. That's true. Well, so are they. I yeah. mean, they've been <laughs> zombies this whole time. Um, well, that's the thing is that I think that they really are trying to like, they're trying to hold on to relevancy and they're trying to yeah. like navigate like what their future looks like in a world of, you know, rapidly changing music that they really aren't equipped to follow the trend of. And this album is just a weird mismatch of them 
trying, sometimes trying to like emulate these trends and then other times just being like, well, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to do the Harlem shuffle. You know, we're just going to like cover an old blues standard kind of, you know, like and I don't know. Like there's just, again, no creative vision. Like it's clear that none of them had been in the same room together. In like years. in years, and it, also it, during this recording, either right, right. I, I think it's interesting though because I don't think like the albums that followed this one. I haven't listened to all of them, but like I've heard Voodoo Lounge. Yep, I have, and like it's a lot better than this. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I this. Think, they, I think yeah. I think they they got along better after this. Yeah, I think there's something. Maybe just, this was therapeutic for them, but I'll, I'll yeah. tell you, for us, the listeners, yeah. it's. Um, it's unfortunate. It's, this is definitely their nadir. This yeah. or I mean, Undercover, the one, that, the album before this, I think is pretty maligned as well. I like Undercover, but yeah, I can. But you like every album, don't yeah, you? True. That is true. <laughs> but Undercover is kind of weird and interesting, and like they they seem to be trying a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay. Undercover is not like phone, like I haven't heard all of Undercover, but I listened to a couple songs because yeah. we were trying to figure out which album to do for this. Yeah. Originally, we were going to do their Satanic Majesty's Request, and I listened to that, and I was like, this album rules. <laughs> I'm going to break the scale and give this a positive four, so we can't do that. Yeah, we can't do that. Uh, It's not what we're here for, Stoppies. Although the Rolling Stones, for whatever reason, hate that album. Yeah. They really hate that album in particular. I think they hate that more than this album, which which is is weird. weird. Yeah. That's very weird. This is clearly the the sound of a deeply fractured relationship. This is, uh, is this their St. Anger? Ooh. (laughs) That might be, yeah. Yeah. That might be fair. Yeah, yeah, that is fair. And that's the thing is that, though, if you compare them, is this much better than St. Anger? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. like, it's like them at their really shittiest um, is still way better than... Yeah, but they're also not like, let's not do guitar solos, and let's make every right, song right, eight yeah. minutes. Right, they weren't like, okay, let's take away like all of the elements that make us good. Yeah. They were more like, okay, all the elements that make us good hate each other, and <laughs> let's figure out how to turn that into an album. Yeah. Or like actually, not even really try to figure it out, but just kind of make it an album and hope, you know, hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, speaking of guitar solos, like this al- this song actually does fade out on a pretty nice like three guitar harmony part that yeah. like they're they're doing some cool they noodling do at cool the end. They do cool guitars in yeah. general on yeah. this album. The right. guitars are not my problem. They're good no. guitar players. It's sure. it's the Keith fact that the uh, vocals like literally sound like like it's not just like one foot out the door, Mick. He really could not be arsed to no. to like, you know, play a role. And then, you know, the recently dead keyboardist and the basically <laughs> dead drummer. Like that's kind of a recipe for yeah. a mess. Yeah, Keith and Ronnie are keeping it together. For the most part, and that's shocking when you're yeah. holding yeah. when the you know when the all of the power rests in like Keith Richards' hands, yeah. like you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna hear what Keith Richards has to offer on this next song. Oh man! But before yeah. we do that, before should we, we uh, take a little break? Yeah. yeah, we'll take a little break, and Let's we'll do that. Uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. All right, uh, we're back. This next song is uh, Why You Gotta Be Too Rude. (laughs) It's It's called Too Rude. It's about as convincing a patois as uh, magic, exclamation point. The Stones were doing it first. (laughs) (laughs) As always. All right, this is Too Rude. Oh, 
Okay, everyone. <laughs> so I, I guess they just got really into Sandinista by the Clash. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, tried to do that. I guess. Jer, do you have thoughts on this? Because I am, I am baffled. I don't um, know where to start. One, I, I think they've tried reggae a couple times Uh-oh. at this point, and it's never Uh-oh. really been good. Uh, but this is the first time Keith's been singing it, Ooh. which is, adds another layer of like weirdness to it. He's got like quintuple tracked vocals here, trying yeah. to do these oh, yeah. strained harmonies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess reggae is just flaccid upstrokes and yelling fake patois in a garage. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> and the upstrokes are like, they're more just pick scraping noises than actual chords. Right. Yeah, they're nothing. They're it's a nothing. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's really, really a, it's again offensive because it's like you're taking, in this case, an entire genre, distilling it into this meaningless like drivel, and then like you know again appropriating it and not offering anything, any little twist or anything interesting no. or anything that would. I'm not even asking you to improve it. I'm asking you to like do a decent tribute to yeah. to a genre of music that you are just like desecrating. Yeah. You're just like take you're you are colonizing this fucking <laughs> a music genre. Like what the fuck, dude? Yeah. What the fuck? You're you're mining it, profiting off of it and fucking desecrating it in the meantime. Like what are you what what? I can't believe it's only 3 minutes long. Wow. <laughs> it it, it, it it's, feels it endless. Like six, yeah. The Clash did it the exact same thing like actually competently like 3 years prior. Right. 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 You know? It sounds like a a song they would have left off of Sandy News. Right, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, right. Because they knew better. Uh, but I, I am going to give the Rolling Stones points for switching up the style for once on this album. Right. But, uh, do you give them points for that? Yeah. I'm going to give them a point. But they do it such incompetent, like, they, they do such a terrible job. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's almost, I agree. It's better yeah. that they leave it off. It's chill, but the rest of the way is pretty much like, Pretty brutal, like one note rock songs. Yeah, so I think I'll yeah. take this over just another fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. And we're, get, we're about to get like four of them in a row now. I By know. a thin margin, I'll take this over another fight. Okay. But yeah, no, it sucked. Don't get it's, me wrong. It's, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's, it's just not good. It's not good. It's not good. You're right. All. The Clash did it way better on Sandinista. Yeah, there's right. so much echo. It's so okay. Another thing about like yeah, there's so much echo, and another thing about reggae is like the whole thing is built around the beat. Yeah. And they can't even keep a beat. I think they let Charlie do the drums on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, they were like, okay, it's a reggae song. Yeah. He can be nodding off and still pull this together. And mm, it's the slowest song we got. Like, let him, yeah, let, you him know. let him go wild. And by wild, like, let him barely <laughs> function, but it'll be fine. And in this case, like, it, 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 it's so not fine. Like, he's not even close to the beat. My read on this is that either. They all just didn't give a shit, and they only did a couple takes of every song. Or, like, they did a bunch of takes, and this was still, like, the best that they could do with Charlie um, Watts in the state that he was in. They didn't do because any every bunch so- of takes. Every song, every song has, like, audible fuck-ups yeah. on the drums. Yeah. This one included. I mean, they try to cover it up with, like, uh, with echo effects. With e- yeah, right? so much echo. Just that garage sound with any of, without... Like it actually being no. good, and, and that is kind of like Steve Lillywhite's thing. Like that's if you listen to Susie and the Banshee album mm-hmm. that he did, like it's the same thing. 
And also, fun fact about Steve Lillywhite, like, he went from producing some of the most iconic albums of the 80s to, like, producing for Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> like, yeah. That album didn't even come out at first. The Dave, the one he did for Dave Matthews yeah, Band? Yeah, yeah, that one got scrapped and then got, uh, I think, remixed, maybe, and then put out as something else. I was kind of a Dave Matthews Band fan? In, my, in, my, oh, in high no. school. Boy. In high school, I was, and I'll still, I'll give stuff they do a chance but it doesn't really reach me anymore but I'll, def- <laughs> I'll defend a lot of bad bands but uh dave matthews is one that i really can't do i'm just not qualified yeah. uh all right okay. uh, should we go on to the next song why don't yeah. we do it let's do it this Wh- one's winning ugly oh wow this is this is interesting they're trying to make a statement on this one <laughs> let's try to figure out what it is This is kind of meta, right? Or something? I don't know. Maybe. Is it? Yeah, I was trying to figure out. Yeah. Is it kind of being like self-aware, sort of, maybe? Like a commentary on the emptiness of the 80s? I think it's trying to be that, but it's too half-baked to really... Yeah, right. It's and like, like it's And so also glossy. imitation, is is that the way that you hope to like critique it by just sounding like yeah, cause this has Huey big, Lewis and the News? Yeah. Like big 80s energy on this yeah. one. Right. It's very shade, Shades of Bruno. Right, yeah. for the, sure. The way I felt about it, it feels like it should be like the music for a montage in like an underdog sports movie. Yes, yes. Like, yes. like, the, like the, the little rascals aren't like... Are playing very well, but they're having a lot of fun, <laughs> and they're gonna beat them with like no, with you know, just you know, elbow grease or whatever. <laughs> it's got that like higher ground baseline, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And those synths, the this is the only the first song with like big eighty synths in it. Which um, you gotta give them credit for <laughs> going big. I don't know, I can't do it. I my mouth won't make those uh, no. shapes. I'm not giving them credit because it's it's still very lazy. Even no, if they're I'm, trying to make a a point about I don't something. even think I think you're giving them too much credit because I don't think they're trying to make a point about 80s excess or anything I think they're just kind of I mean this was the a... pinnacle of 80s excess though I mean I mentioned this at the beginning like this is this is Peter Gabriel this is Cool Ranch Doritos it's Al Capone's vault it's Howard the Duck like this is the this is the the place that we are situated here yeah no but I just mean lyrically like I don't think they're trying to like make social commentary I think he's just saying like I cheat to win because it's cool <laughs> is that what he's saying or is he trying to say like we're winning but we're winning ugly like I'll pull up the lyrics okay go right ahead like I've been looking at the lyrics as we've been talking about it and I'm not sure I do think it kind of started from where you're saying but I don't think Mick wrote anything enough to like make a point on this album yeah again because he was he was barely I wasn't it only like three of the songs or like the traditional Jagger like Richards yeah. like combo like and it, and it very much sounds like that it sounds very disconnected sounds very phoned in like weird production just overall very 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 like distant yeah 
And then it's it's interesting though because the vocal delivery, the vocal styling on this album is very like raspy and dangerous and like yeah. you know passionate, right? Yeah, that's where I think dirty like work this comes overcompensation. Into play. Like, they're like da- getting trying to get down and dirty. Yeah. Well, that's what this is too. Like winning ugly, like yeah. dirty work. Like I was thinking about it, like from like an American Psycho standpoint, or like mm-hmm. a, you know. From that synthetic, coked out, we're just here to get ahead, fucking shoulder pads for everyone, <laughs> shamelessness of the of of nineteen eighty six and like whether they were they were commenting on it. But you're right. I don't think they were in the same room enough to even have an authentic commentary about no. that. Yeah. So here's Because they were perpetuating that and profiting off of it. Here's the lyrics. I wanna be on top, forever on the up, and damn the competition. I never play it fair, I never turn a hair. Just like the politicians, I wrap my conscience up. I want to win that cup and get my money, baby. But back in the dressing room, the other side is weeping, and we're winning, winning ugly. But okay. Like, it's, I, Are it, you? I don't think he's saying, like, this is awful. I think he's saying this well, is cool. The next thing is, like, and we're understand. heading for the heartbreak, and we're heading for the blues. So I do think there is some, like, Subtext of regret, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, I want. I want there to be. I'm just a- yeah. aching for a, an actual human emotion on this whole fucking album because that's the whole thing. Is like you don't get it. Yeah, Nick. Well, Mick's not the best at human emotion in general. So, right. it, unless, well, horny is an emotion for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> he's not that on here. For, I'm very emotional. <laughs> yeah, there's no horniness on this album. No, that's no. weird. It's all just being mad at that his band members. Yeah, right. He's like, "Fuck you! I could just be yeah. doing. She's the boss. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Like that's what you have to offer? Ugh." And yeah. that's the thing is you do you have to hold these these people to a higher standard because of their you know of their status as musicians and their capacity as musicians like it it really does like at first I was very much like oh man this is this is maybe too good <laughs> you know because like compared to a lot of trash that we listen to on the show which is a lot of trash <laughs> it's like how do you put this in the same category as Broken Side but if you think about the fact that like their their capacity like their ceiling is so much higher like you do you do have to hold them accountable yeah. and like this is a very like poor representation of their talent. Also, dude, like Millionaires was way better than this. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Are Millionaires we... was way better than this. <laughs> Do you hear yourself? Is that Wait. a thing that you say that you stand by? Well, by this yeah. point, Mike was probably deep into headaches. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I literally got a headache. Yeah, I, yeah, the, I, the I did pop mids. in a leave during the course yeah. of this album. Um, this is uh, better than. Full circle by the doors. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> the doors lows were is, lo- much lower yeah. than the Rolling it's Stones. It's true. Shout out to Ethan Marsh. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for going through that with us. Um, yeah, the, you think millionaires? Actually, yeah, millionaires. At least Dude, it was more fun. Party like a millionaire <laughs> and alcohol. Let's get fucked up. Bum, bum, so much more enjoyable than anything on this album. It's yeah. true because at least like okay, their artistic statement was deeply shallow. Like <laughs> deeply shallow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice and oxymoronic. Um, it was it was like embarrassing. They were on oxys and moronic, and they, <laughs> and they were they were they were railing them in the hotel room. But at least they had a sta- at least they had a perspective. Yeah, <laughs> they right. they stuck Which, with it. Yeah, it was fucked up. Their perspective was like uh, you know on their backs legs up yeah um, <laughs> through a haze um 
It was great. It was great. It was great. Yeah, this is this is a sad. It's not even a coke dream. It's not even a coke nightmare. It's kind of just like a. No, it's on a the coke edge hangover. Of, yeah, this whole coke album's hangover. A hangover. Yeah, right. That's right. the like distinct feeling I get from this. Of like just, I, I feel like they're just like going through the motions and want it to be over because yeah. like they all also have a headache. Yeah, they they yeah. probably had some like obligation to the record company that made them all get together or you know quote unquote get together. To do this, yeah. Uh, while Mick was like, I don't want to do right, this it's at like, all. Right, it's like the 13 year old that they um That Bill Wyman married? <laughs> <laughs> Coerced and yeah. not consistent. His, his bride, yeah. his blushing bride. Christ. All right, let's move on to the next song. The next song is. Uh, shit. Back to Zero. Oh. oh. <laughs> You know what? I you know I'm gonna give this album credit. It's way more diverse than I remembered. Uh, <laughs> not to like increase its quality, but I, you know, it was just like I didn't remember there was a funk song on here. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funky. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the rest of the band maybe was going for like a a, a throwback. Uh, Throwback James Brown mixed with like you know contemporary uh, Talking Head sort of sounds. Yeah, but then Jagger just came on it and just did his whole <laughs> thing to it. You know, like the, what the fuck? Did yes. Not going with the feel of it no. at all. He sounds like Barney from The Simpsons. <laughs> why is he so nasally? Why? Why is he saying nothing? Like what? That's not know, how man. you say nothing. I like nothing. The, I like a little woo that came at the end of the chorus. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part by far. Yeah, actually, I, I, I the ad libs in general, his the, <laughs> the non lyrical things that he does are all pretty good. The lyrical things are kind of telling that he does on this uh, on the song. He he says, "I prefer to rot. I don't want to pop." Yeah, the song what I think is about mean? nuclear war. Oh, well, he he does, he's basically saying he doesn't want uh, he doesn't want to uh, be nuked by Russia. Yeah. I think back to nothing. Back his, to uh, zero. Yeah. The lyrics yeah. I took down are: I worry about my great grandchildren living ten miles beneath the ground. Same. I worry about their whole existence. The whole damn thing's in doubt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, this song is about something. Yeah. Bravo. It still sounds like a return of Bruno, like. G side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Like, what was is... Return of Bruno just a rip off of this album? Maybe because <laughs> it came out a year later. I mean, yes. It's like yeah. weird to like also like inject some sort of social commentary. Like, what is it? Eight songs in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I You're com- worried about your grandchildren. <laughs> Great grandchildren. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah which no. I'm sure he has many. Yeah, I'm sure he's a pretty absentee father, but he's <laughs> definitely worried about his great grandchildren. <laughs> I'm not going to any recitals or any of that bullshit, but I'm worried about the you know, kids of your kids. 
Uh, are they going to wipe be wiped out in a nuclear holocaust? Well, turns out no. Global warming. Yeah. Turns yeah. out no. That's the Climate one. Climate catastrophes. Back to zero. <laughs> Carbon emissions. What? <laughs> I don't know what they're doing on here. To be honest, it's it's baffling. We're all, you're our resident yeah. expert, Jer. If we don't have it, if if we can't hang on to you, if you, what is the star to our know. wandering bark? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have left to hold on I to? Know, maybe I think that maybe they were just like. Trying to capture some of the like disco-y, funky things that they've done in the '70s, like you know, miss you, whatever, and uh, they did not get on the same page about it. Oh man, all. this is miss Nobody's... you is so good. Oh yeah, I know. Like that whole some They're girls not even album. in the same book. They, they did yeah. disco like so good on that album, right? But then, uh... <laughs> all right, let's uh, move on because uh, clearly there's not much else to say on yeah. this one. This is a, a song that I've heard a bunch of times, and. I, completely forgot existed oh this is uh i don't wanna do your dirty work no more (laughs) yeah so that's this one uh let's listen to dirty work no it's not actually that song either i'm sorry sorry. i wish I, I told you guys this before uh, we started recording, but like I listened to this uh, earlier today to you know prepare for this podcast, and I fell asleep sometime during <laughs> like I think maybe hold back or fight, and then I woke up. That was like up. the second song. Yeah, I, well, I was I, I I was battling a cold all week. I'm tired, but like I like fell asleep during one of the but early also songs. The boring. Yeah, and I woke up at, to like during the course of dirty work and thought that the songs had just like I was like wow I didn't realize that they like. Made the songs like seek into one be- one another like so smoothly. <laughs> That's something I never noticed after listening to this album for twenty years or whatever. And now I just realized I just fell asleep and the songs all sound the same. <laughs> we literally that. This is, this is like fight part four. Yeah. Uh, right. And this one is like particularly sloppy. Yeah. Uh, like the drums, the drumming is very bad. The instruments are like barely in time with each other. Like this doesn't sound like. You know, one of the most legendary bands of all time. You know, this sounds like a band that really can rock the stage at Nantasket Beach. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, this enabled a thousand bands at Nantasket Beach. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, this album, they just listened to this one. They were like, we can do it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to do to be successful. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because, again, this this is where, you know, I made that comment earlier about, like, okay, wait, maybe this was, like, they were trying to do some sort of concept or there was some theme or, like, some intentionality behind it because the idea of, like, dirty work and, and uh, you know, winning ugly and, like, this kind of, this corporate culture, what the, the 80s were like. And the lyrics in this one are kind of, like, getting to that. Like, I'm wondering, like, is it s- sort of... You could read it as like taking aim at like yuppie culture or like the, you know, hypocrisy of like industry execs like getting, you know, fat off of rock and roll as a culture and like 
as uh, as a genre, whatever. Or like anti Reagan at anti Thatcher. Right. Yeah. yeah. There was like kind yeah. of pieces of that, or glimpses of it. You know, um, in this song, I think more than any of them, that was like okay, the lyrics do seem somewhat intentional, at least on some level, and I lyrics, appreciate that. The lyrics are also hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You yeah. let somebody do the dirty work. Find some loser. Find some jerk. Yeah. Find some dumbass. Do it all for free. <laughs> Let somebody do the dirty work. Find some loser. Find some jerk. Find some grease ball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah so he's talking about how, like, you know, people who don't ever get their hands dirty or, like, actually do any of the work get all the credit and, like, the glory. Yeah. Which I'm sure relates to the band and how yeah. he feels about them. Right. Take us there, Jer. Yeah, because he's it's Mick, and he's saying about like letting everybody or like doing all the work, and no one else ever does it for him. Right. I'm sure he feels that way because he's the front man. Of course, and, you know he's out on front and everybody, but he's fucking wrong. But he's right because <laughs> everyone else does the composing of the music, and right. uh, yeah, maybe he's just throwing shots. Actually, did he write this song? Because I know like Bill Wyman. Uh, and uh, what's the other guitarist's name? Uh, Ronnie Wood. Ron Wood, yeah. Ron Wood and Bill Wyman wrote most of the songs in this album. And Keith Richards. So maybe this is them taking shots at, uh, at Mick it's, for uh, passing the, the buck to them. I think Mick might have done the, the lyrics on a lot of them because this one is credited to Jagger, Richards, and Wood. Okay. Um, All right. And the majority of them look like they have Mick and uh, Keith on the credits, but with... Uh, Maybe a couple people else. Yeah, you know, the, added on. generally the best ones were the ones that were Keith and Mick solo, yeah. right? You know, writing the songs. Oh, Too Rude was also a, a cover. Was oh. it? Oh, yeah, well, apparently. that tracks, I guess. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So two again, covers. another example of of probably you know songs that were. Uh, Produced and performed by black people that Probably. didn't get their proper recognition, and yeah. the Rolling Stones uh, appropriated and uh, desecrated. Yes. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Just checking. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm glad awesome. I was able to learn that today, and also <laughs> give the proper uh, credit. Yeah. Right here. Who, to... Who's it originally by? Uh, it's by a an artist called Half Pint. Ah. Half yeah. Pint. Shout out Half Pint. Shout yeah. out to Half Pint. Yeah. Shout out to Half Pint. You and... can't be alive. <laughs> uh, he recorded his version in 1984, so he might still oh. be alive. Wow, a weird, like post second wave ska. Yeah, interesting. That okay. was like that was like a dance hall or not dance. That was like a dub reggae sort of song. Yeah, you know. That sure. Was... So I'm sure okay. it was even lazier than the uh, Harlem Shuffle cover. And that's saying something. Yeah. Okay, um, let's. Uh, shall we move on to the next song? Yeah. Yeah. This next song is "Had It With You." Yeah. You know oh, what, yeah. Rolling Stones? I've had it with you, buddy. <laughs> I've had just about enough of your dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> It's another song that sounds like this. <laughs> um, this one's a little faster. <laughs> you know, it's a standard 12-bar blues song about yeah. loving a dirty fucker that is both a sister and a brother. Yeah. Loading in the moonlight. Yeah. 
Um, and then he sings about Always Got Behind You. And I'm wondering, is this a song about gay sex? <laughs> maybe. Well, he was maybe fucking David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. And possibly, was Iggy Pop part of those little trysts too? Probably, yeah, yeah, most likely. Um. Yeah, maybe. I mean that that would make it interesting. I I that's all I could do at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the song sounds super gay. Yeah, right. It's... <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> all right. Listen, it's like... either that or it's another song about the band hating each other. Is <laughs> <laughs> that queer? I'll take what I can get. <laughs> well, no, because of the d- double entendre. Yeah, I've had it. With, I had Ooh, it with you. Oh wow! You know what I mean? That's a British slang mm. for having sex. So like maybe like that song, "Make It With You." Make but, it with you. Yeah. Have yeah. it with you. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Listen again. I will take any entendre I can get because mm. most of this is meaningless. Yeah. and terrible. So like, if it could be about gay sex, great. Sure. Yeah, yeah. he I'll was take having it, it in, in 1986. That's the only reason that dancing in the street happened. <laughs> Come on. They were like, oh, baby. <laughs> if Marianne Faithful is to be believed, you know. I mean, yeah. That's well, all, allegedly. Her name is Faithful, so yeah, how, how are we going to question her? I'm sure we could ask uh, Pamela DeBar of uh, yeah. Pamela's Pajama Party, another Pantheon podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's get Pamela on to uh, settle Pamela this once on. and for all. Yeah. We want to know. Pamela would know. Okay. But that's all I got for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really nothing to be said at this point because it's like the eighth song that sounds like this. We I only mean, got two... it's, it's all about a toxic relationship and yeah. it's like punctuated by harmonica solos. So yeah. it's like, what, what, what else do you got to say? Sounds very similar. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds like it might pertain to the band a little bit. Had it with you. Do you think they fucked? Did Keith Richards and Mick Jagger fuck? No. No. I feel like they'd like each I other wish a they lot would've. better if they did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they probably should have. Yeah. It would have been for the best. Um, all right. So we only have two more songs left. Let's yeah. fucking really do it. One. Really only one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, one song. Well, yeah. One then... is not a song. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. So we'll, should we play both of them then? Um, yeah. yeah. Sure. We'll play right. Sleep Tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is an experience. And Fo- it's followed, followed by, by a Key to the Highway. Which is just a piano solo. Just a little honky-tonk piano. Better get some sleep tonight. They say you are hot. This is <laughs> We've had a, a, a good run of uh, songs going out on just confounding notes this season. So, uh, it's like between true. the, the Nicki Minaj verse at the end of uh, Chance the Rapper's right. album, oh yeah, and the, just the whir- the five minutes of whirring sounds at the end of the Tool album, Ooh, yeah. yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, and now we've got a. <laughs> Yeah, and then preceded by a like really ballad, creepy, a creepy yeah. Keith Richards ballad. He's singing to his thirteen-year-old wife in, the, <laughs> in that song. Sleep tonight. 
<laughs> what is happening? Like, it sounds like the song starts out, like, it sounds like Christmas shoes. <laughs> Do you guys know that fucking song? Yeah, no, what is that? Oh, my God. Jared knows. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, I want to buy these shoes for my mama, please. You're, you, you know. You don't know this? No, what the fuck is it? It's I, Oh, it's a, it's atrocious. I only became aware of it, like, a couple, like, Christmases ago. Oh, it's a horrible thing. Yeah. It's all about like a sad, like poor fam, like child who's like begging to buy like his cancer stricken mother like shoes for Christmas. Or it's like maybe like health insurance or like I don't know, like uh, any anything else. But when she meets Jesus, she's gonna wear these shoes. Anyway, it sounds like that. It sounds like a fucking Hallmark original like musical number. Like it, this is a yikes. Yeah. It is a yikes for me. These guys really sound like they could use some sleep tonight. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Sleep it off, try again in the morning. Yeah. I like this song. What? Uh, yeah. I think it's very Why? sweet because be- even though it's all um, you know addressed Wrong? to a baby, I think Keith Richards probably seems like the type to just refer to everybody as baby. And that's the the headcanon I have going on. What? Okay. I just don't understand like why are you concerned about my sleeping patterns, Keith Richards? <laughs> like, why do you need to know about what's going on? Like, the image of, like, a withered, fruit-leather-faced Keith <laughs> Richard, like, because it'll give you nightmares for the rest of your life? Like, is that why you, like, play sleep I also tonight? think there's a solid chance that it's about somebody, like, ODing on heroin. Right, yeah. and yeah. Charlie Watts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Ha- it has that vibe. Yeah. And also, I actually did, I kind of liked this song in the beginning, because I was kind of waiting for a ballad, you know, I was waiting for <laughs> something to break up the, the you know, right. the right. songs. But, um... I got oh really God. bored with it because it does just kind of repeat yeah, for does. five minutes, like, endlessly. It is too long. It's so long, and it's so, like, it's drivel. Like, <laughs> what is it even saying? Why? Well, he's saying sleep tonight. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Over and over again. Yeah. It, okay, this is where I start to say, like, you know, this this album's really on and off. Like, it's it's off key, and it's on heroin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, it doesn't even hit anything, like, resembling a note. Like, there's no... He's got some pretty back and This bubbles. is like a sleep paralysis, like, <laughs> like nightmare, when, like, the sandworms are at the edge of your bed being like, we're gonna fucking eat your skull. This is fucked up. I feel disturbed and distraught. I love sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the sandworms. Big fan of the sandworms. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so we're done. Yeah, so yeah. oh god, we finally get to sleep tonight. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, because the um, the end piano solo is is that. That's that was maybe is. that was actually maybe my favorite song on the album. The, right, the, it was blissfully. <laughs> it's yeah. just Tonky-tonk. it's just a tribute to the keyboardist that died. Oh, that's Aww. it. Oh. Yeah, wait, is that what sleep tonight's about? Maybe too? actually, now that you put it that Damn. way, yeah. that oh. makes it a little more poignant. Now you put him back to ne- Yeah, okay. Well. Is it? Are we giving them that credit? You know what? I'm going to give them that credit because yeah. you got, I want to give them something. Give them something. Yeah. Like they could have put Sleep Tonight in the middle of the album, like where it would have broken up things a little bit, but they saved it to the end. Yeah. So I think that was intentional. Well, Instead, they... they put Too Rude in the middle of the album. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need to lull you to sleep, and then you wake up and you're like, okay, it's fine. It's over. Great. <laughs> awesome. That's how I feel. We've been in a uh, beautiful fugue state together, and honestly, I, I have to thank you, Jer, for being part of this with us. This has been, uh, we made it me. through. Yeah. We made it through. Give us, give ourselves a round of applause. We deserve it. 
Yay. Good job, us. All right. So it's time. That was a tepid, was a tepid clap. It was we tepid. Even... Listen, I'll yeah, add in. We've lost all enthusiasm. Gonna... <laughs> so, I mean, we're phoning it in just yeah. like all we're, of we're, the participants. We're winning ugly. <laughs> we're winning ugly, baby. I'm going to add in some like sitcom canned laughter for all of these parts. Um, okay. So, Jer. Yeah. This is what we do. We made it through. And now it's time to look back on the past hour and a half-ish of our lives and say, you know, and, and, and quantify, put a number right. to the badness okay. um, that we just witnessed. So everything that we review on this show is bad music. Uh, so it's on a scale of zero for, to negative five All right. of something. And you get, decide, you get to decide what that thing is. Is. Well, thankfully, I've listened to the show and I came prepared. Oh yes. yeah, an honest and loyal stoppy. I'm giving this a two, ne- a negative two. Negative two. Yep. Uh, Mick Jagger solo albums. <laughs> Ooh, was that the only one that he had? Was he, it just "She's a Boss"? No, no. He's oh. had he's had four, and two of them like one was the year before this album, and one was the year after. So this was just like a pit stop for a him. Shit for sandwich. Real. Yeah. <laughs> With shit bread. Like, With shit bread. <laughs> can't print that. <laughs> okay, a negative two. And why? Uh, because it's reasonably, it's like the baseline for shittiness for the Rolling Stones is still pretty high. You're right. So like, it's not unlistenable. I still like listen to it when I'm bored of like their other, their better stuff. And like every now and then, <laughs> I it's, gotta spice it up with yeah. a fucking Harlem shuffle every once in a yeah. while. Every now and then, I'm just like, I don't know, maybe I misremembered how bad Dirty Work was. And then I put it on, and I'm like, yeah, it was nope. still pretty bad, but I didn't turn it off uh, midway through. You just through fell asleep yeah. midway through. Exactly. <laughs> so you did the equivalent of that. You just, your brain did it for you. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, two. Okay. Yeah, it's not. Negative two. It's not the worst negative thing. Negative two. And, Let's be clear. Know, yeah. It's still negative. Yes, it's still negative, but it's not like. I mean, there's there's worse things out there, like Mick Jagger's solo albums. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sounds reasonable. Maybe a future episode. Yeah. We'll have you back. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to say s- something similar. I, I felt that this was not that bad, and I do think that one hit was kind of a banger, yeah. and I, I dug it. Um, and none of the rest of these songs were honestly, the worst songs were the ones where they shamelessly <laughs> appropriated the art of people of color without not only without adding anything but like actively taking away from it and um I am still offended by that um and distraught but the rest of it was not that offensive and so I am not going to be quite as kind as you are, Jer. I'm, I'm very kind. You're very kind, and I, and I appreciate that. And I do, I think that also part of this has to do with the fact that I haven't done my due diligence with the Rolling Stones and listened to enough of their albums all the way through because I think if I did, I would hold them to an even higher standard. Um, but I'm going to give it a negative 2.5. I don't think this was that bad. Um, I don't think even the worst songs um, at their worst, at their worst did just what happen to you it put me to sleep and that's kind of like um that's kind of a gift on this show so um i'll give it to them negative 2.5 i don't know how you guys could sleep through this album man this album <laughs> was like a like just the, the 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 clanging it's just clanging sounds the clanging sounds with a huge super loud snare and a guy just screaming and barking it was i mean it yeah. woke me up eventually so <laughs> like yeah you're con- not wrong 
compositionally, like, yes, look, it is the Rolling Stones. Like, you can do much worse. Even even with even at their worst, they're still the Rolling Stones. You know, technically. But uh, no, I I I I definitely th- think this is a bad album. I don't I don't want to be charitable to it at all. Like, the first song was good, and that's all I can really give it. Um, like, sure, like I have heard albums that are compositionally worse. You know, where the talent level is lower. Um, Lots you know. of them. But this was such a sloppy, tossed off, like, afterthought of an album uh, that I can't be too generous to it. Um, I got to give this a negative three. Uh, mm. um, friggin'. We're all kind of in the same range, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's reasonable. Yeah. What's the quantifier again? Negative um, three. Oh, Mick Jagger's Mick Jagger's solo, solo albums. albums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So, yeah. Uh, it was, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's worse. It's definitely still bad. It's, yeah. it's still pretty bad. It's still pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that is true. Um, but you know who is not bad? You know who's in fact great is our incredible guest, oh. Jared Palapal, who is oh. here today. Oh, Yay. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here too. We are so glad that you yeah. just, uh, you know, uh, offered us almost two hours of your life. <laughs> really? Wow, I didn't realize. <laughs> to really, awesome. oh, you know, time flies yeah. when you're talking about bad music, let yeah. me tell you. Um, I hope so for all you honest and loyal stoppies. <laughs> all right, the Apple Podcast Connects tells me that you listen to the full episodes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, give us feedback. You know, we'll, we'll hear it. We'll still make every episode an hour and a half, no matter what. The negative? If you're lucky. At the time of this record, uh, the Tool album has come out recently, and we are seeing the one-star reviews (laughs) start flowing in. We are. So uh, if you're a fan of the show, and if you haven't already rated and reviewed it, um, rate and review it. Throw us a little bone. Yeah, help us Uh, out. Help us help fight the the Tool army. I mean... Normally, I'd feel biased going on after I've been on it and like giving you a five star rating, but like some metal tool fans. Yeah, you really yeah. gotta. You gotta go for it. You gotta have, need all hands on deck. Yeah. All right. So, Jared, tell us where we can find you out there in the world and uh, promote anything that you got coming up that we should know about. Uh, I think the best thing to find me on is the Wrestle Down podcast. If you yeah. like pro wrestling, we chat about it, we joke about it, and I make up fake sponsors because uh, it's the fun thing I like to do. And Perfect. That's it. Yeah. We're ready to get real sponsored by Dick Pills. Hopefully, we'll be <laughs> Dick here. Pill money, dude. By the time this airs, maybe we'll be doing the Dick Pill ads. Oh man, please, oh, God, my dick is ready. Yeah. Oh. Perfect. This is kick off dick ads with uh, Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. Oh man. Okay, so Jared, if you ever want to do a crossover, let us know. Yeah. We can talk about wrestling yeah, for a long time. We're, big time we're, we're ready. Fans. Okay. Heather usually cuts out some me talking about wrestling. From oh, it, every it episode. could be its own yeah. podcast. Oh, all nice. the fucking wrestling tangents on this show. But um, would love to if I ever get into a bigger studio area than hey, my listen. bedroom. We're doing great, and we thank you very much. And we can find you on the internet and all the other places. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Twitter. Uh, my handle is Swing Dingling. <laughs> and uh, and Instagram, it's uh, Mr. underscore Swing Dingling, or MR ah, underscore Swing Dingling. Your formal it. name. Yes, because uh, <laughs> the other one was taken. Perfect, great. Yeah. All right, so check that out, Stoppies. And you can find us, as always, at MakeItStopPodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at MakeItStopCast. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Thank you, Pantheon Podcast. Thank you to the Dick Pills. Um, thank you to everybody else in our in our community of uh, podcast producers. Um, yeah, and find us wherever you get your podcasts. Give us some fucking reviews. 
to to balance out the tool fans, please some five stars. We really appreciate it. Uh, we we like you a lot. Um, and uh, keep sending us like Instagram messages and suggesting weird uh, bad albums for us to talk about. We we love that. All right. Yeah, and uh, make it stop podcast gmail.com oh yeah if you want to email us um we don't get any emails so like we'd really love that it'd be really cool can you uh what what should they submit to us uh from this episode do a light bright version of the dirty work album cover <laughs> that please. seems so doable please yeah. submit it to our uh... you only need five colors it's <laughs> all you need all right yep send that to us at make it stop podcast at gmail.com and uh we'll see you next time bye, bye. The Make It Stop podcast is recorded at the Boston Free Radio podcast studio located at Somerville Media Center in Union Square in Somerville. It is produced and edited by Heather McCormick, and the music that we use for our show has been produced by Patrick Ahern. Thanks for listening. Hey, diggers. This is an announcement. Episode 18 is on the way. We are in the final polish. All the bodywork, sanding, and the paint has been put on this rocket ship, so we just need that final coat to finish. Coming out of the last few episodes of the Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast that concentrated on specific geographies like London, L.A., San Francisco, and New York, we are now in the home stretch of our time in the 1960s. And so with this one, it's not about a place on a map, but a year in the life. It's called Episode 18, 1969, and it's a year so big in rock and roll, it'll take two episodes to tell the full tale. Part one will cover mostly the first half of the year. We'll spend most of our time in the UK checking in with the Beatles as they are beginning to fray internally while friends and competitors, the Rolling Stones, are about to become the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Of course, the Fab Four are still able to be the Beatles, so therefore they are not going down without a fight. And the Glimmer Twins must make a sacrifice to achieve the greatness of that 68-73 run of Peak Stones. Then we go beyond England and America and venture into outer space where we dissect the moonshot and how it affected society and the arts. So, like the sci-fi that surrounds the very real human endeavor, we will peek into the future ourselves with some rock and rollers that will really take us into the next decade. So hold tight. It won't be long now. It's coming, and we think you will all be pleased. Episode 18, 1969, Part 1. Tell a friend. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 